Welcome to the Stories Are Soul Food podcast, presented by Cannonball Books, the kids' fiction imprint of Cannon Press. Met a ghost of a king on the road when I first fell. Fire burning to my knees, to my knees I fell. Met a ghost of a king on the road. So this is episode 91 of SASF. Yeah. Welcome, everybody. I heard that episode 90 did not disappoint. That's the only thing oh, that good. I've heard is great so we don't have anything to follow up on is there anything we need to well there is on? but i didn't actually want to talk about that yet i thought we should what do you want to talk about first <laughs> let's talk about what you want to talk about brian i thought we should do a bad words episode because oh we yeah did, we did actually get questions about that yeah let's talk um, about them bad words yeah so uh, i think it was a timothy wrote in timothy and said well actually you know what i'll read it it's a good question uh he says, I was raised in a Christian house and a pastor's kid. I was wondering why you and Notes from the tilt world which I thought was an excellent listener, would recommend used hell and damn as expletives. I'm not trying to condemn you, but I would like to know your reasoning as I've been taught to avoid using I used I used worse than those. Um, well, <clears throat> yeah. He said he may not understand the context for you using them, but, but that's the question. Are you due for some condemnation? I think we actually should probably run through you. You have used worse than yeah. hell and damn. I have. Yeah. I have. And with a clean conscience. Um, I'm not I'm not gonna cue any like Dr. Dre or Snoop Dogg music right now. But <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, so I have a whole spiel about bad words I can do. Well, I think that's important because I mean it is a words podcast. I think this is a key yeah. mis- Timothy has a key misunderstanding of how words work. He does. He's a Platonist. But it's okay. a <laughs> don't be. <laughs> don't be. Um but that's actually beside the point. <laughs> that's uh, it, it tends to show up in places where people have this. Uh, it could be Aristotelian too. It doesn't have to be just Platonism, but they have a it's sense. Greek is what you're saying. Yeah, they, they have a <laughs> truly, I'm turning my headphones around. Excuse me. Pardon. Uh, because I can't wear my headphone on my left ear. I need the cord on that side. Um, so bas- basically, you have to distinguish between vulgarity and which is not i think coarseness basically but it's not the same as obscenity mm-hmm. uh you know crude coarseness vulgarity obscenity and then um oh, profanity so those then, are uh, would curses be another one another level not really i don't think you think they're um, part of the they they tend to slot into one of those into one of those now i actually one of the things that cracks me up about using filtering services as much as i love clearplay and vidangel and i use them uh they don't have a clue what a bad word is and so they they do but both of those platforms are very confused about uh, <laughs> graphic vulgarity vulgarity uh obscenity profanity they don't know the difference between profanity and obscenity right. um and and basically you will see me use strong language. Yeah. I will use strong language at different places. What you will not see me doing is uh, yuck, 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 fart jokes. Yeah. I'm not going to go down a road of, of coarse jesting, vulgarity, uh, juvenile, um, mind in the gutter behavior. And that doesn't mean I won't then use a strong spice, a strong flavor, a strong word. Um, in different contexts and i don't think there's any such thing as a bad word that's that's not a thing that exists and that's a big a big claim 
Yeah, this is not. And that's the anti-Platonist. You mean, because when you say it's Platonist, you mean there's a list of words in heaven of which humans shall not utter. And and so the, the key thing for anybody trying to process this is intrinsic. They have to think about the word intrinsic. Is something intrinsically bad? Mm-hmm. Is this word, does it have intrinsic evil? Like Voldemort, saying <laughs> Voldemort. <laughs> I said Voldemort. And so now that I've said Voldemort. The Death Eaters are about to show up. Yeah. One of my favorite episodes of The Office is uh, Beach Day. <laughs> and um, where uh, Dwight names his team Gryffindor. <laughs> and Jim says, why not Slytherin? And Dwight's response is, those are the bad guys, Jim. <laughs> and Jim's like, right. <laughs> and he was like, we aren't going to be the bad guy. We're Gryffindor, obviously. And so then Jim names his team Voldemort. <laughs> and then Dwight freaks out. That he's like, you can't have, you can't say that. Like, you don't, you know, right. don't have Voldemort be your team name. Um, anyway, just, just poking, poking, poking. But right. I, I love that. But there's this, Christians get into that same trap that this word has intrinsic evil. There's some kind of intrinsic evil. And I actually just think that evil in general, uh, Christians think of, of evil as having, like it's a black goo. Like there's a vat of it in some Platonic or Aristotelian world. There's this big cauldron of goo that is evil and it gets on things. And that's just not the case. So you have evil as an adjective. Like that's it. Right. Like evil, bad adjectives. Yeah. Um, you're, you're, so when I say there's no such thing as a bad word, I mean, there's no such thing as a progression of noise, noises in the air. There's no such thing as a progression of sound waves that carries that with, that carries with them intrinsic evil. Um, but it's the same. You, you watch this happen over and over and over again. And um, an evil action. What is an evil action? Is an evil action an action in the world that actually participates in some of the black goo from that cauldron? Did some of the black goo of evil get onto it? Like, no, <laughs> no. An evil action is an action which displeases God. Yeah. You know, an evil action is an action it contrary to God's will, contrary to God's nature, contrary to God's pleasure. It displeases God. What makes it evil? The fact that it's contrary to God's personality and nature and will. That's what makes it evil. God is the measuring stick here. And so a thing is evil when it displeases God. A thing is evil when it runs contrary to yeah. his his desire for your behavior. It's not evil when you get gunk on it from the vat of goo, you know, gotcha. over here. Gotcha. Now then people will say things like, how could God make evil? And when they say that, they mean the vat of goo. Mm-hmm. It's like, there is no vat of goo. There is not a thing just containing this essence of evil. Yeah, the world's not Manichaean with the good guys yeah. on this side, bad guys on the other side. Vat of white and vat of black, vat of good and vat of bad. It's like, no, there is God and he made the world and he, he's, he is holy and perfect and right and, and things which imitate his nature and reveal his, his attributes are good. Those things which please him are good. Those things which displease him are bad. In that um, in that sense, you're in line with Augustine talking about evil as a deprivation or a. a, a I'm not. A, I kick Augustine in the shin on this one. I think you, Augustine's a Greek joker, and you should know better. You, you think so? <laughs> yeah. No. He, I mean, he is because he's talking. He's he's making this exact mistake 
Um, okay. Augustine is well, uh, wildly intelligent and um, a great, great man who did many great things, but got a few big things wrong. One of them was women. <laughs> um, <laughs> he was very wrong on the subject of women. Um, he was he was also wrong about evil. So evil as an absence. He tries he tries to actually um, get around the the issue of God making evil, meaning the Platonic form of evil, mm-hmm. by saying it's there's good. There's only a vat of white. There is no vat of black. Mm-hmm. There's only a vat of white, and then there's things which fail to participate in the vat of white. You know things which are privations. They're absences. Yeah. They're things that are twisted. That's not the case either. There's no vats. <laughs> there's just no vats of goo white or black okay there's only god and his will and his nature and his um his desire for you his desire for your behavior and uh you have to Im- you have to imitate him if you displease him you have done something bad yeah if you please him you have done something good this is why samuel hewing agag to pieces is good an abortionist in Detroit hewing a baby to pieces is bad. And people mm-hmm. will look at the hewing, they'll look at the action and try to find like some goo. They try to find like, is this evil or is this good? Or it's not a it's not that. It's all about narratival context and are you pleasing God or displeasing God? Are you acting as opposed in accordance to with, partaking in a particular Venn diagram? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, as like opposed to like tapping into this keg of goodness or that keg of badness. And so in this way, you have words ultimately that are inappropriate or displease God. And because, because, because they're inappropriate in or that, be- in the narrative context in which you use them. Yeah. Uh, you failed to imitate him. You failed to image him. You actually went ran contrary to his nature. You displeased so, him. Okay. So when you, so listed- I could use the word carrot and, and displease God and that I could use that in the wrong context at the wrong moment. I'm trying to think of one. It'd be very difficult, but I'm trying to think. Well, I mean, I think we know this with little kids. Like when a kid calls her, you know, she's, I've heard this story from a friend. When, when a kid calls her dad, you, you daddy dinosaur, she's mad at him while she's being disciplined. Yeah. That's as a a wise parent says, she was using a bad word. She's using the worst thing she could come up with. The worst thing she could think of. So it's not, but it's not a word that has black goo on it. It's, it's ultimately about in the narrative in which she's acting, yeah. she did something that was in defiance and against both uh, the relationship she's supposed to have with her father, but she's also failing to imitate God himself. Yeah. And so, if if I jumped up uh, in the middle of a wedding and just yelled, baby carrots, as gotcha. loud as I could, like, okay, what have I just done? Like, I've defiled a moment. Yeah. And I like I def- I defiled a moment and are are those words bad? It's like no. And I guess that would be a, a subset of profanity in that sense. You're taking something that should be a particular way. Yeah, and, that'd be like a sub sub subset, right? You know, because I'm not profaning something sacred, uh, divine. Yeah, but it is supposed to be a res- like a very sacred moment. It's a solemn moment. Mm-hmm. I'm profaning a solemn moment. Moment, mm-hmm. and I'm doing it by by making noises that. Um, you could say it any other time and it would be fine. <laughs> okay, please pass the baby carrots and it's fine. Yeah. Um, and so, I think that when we move into those words that we we tend to think of as off the table always, mm-hmm. uh, I think it's a, it's a mistake to then start to think that those sound waves, that when I fill these bags of air in my chest and I pluck these flesh strings in my throat and I form my tongue in this way and I make 
the ripples in the air shaped this way, it's evil. Mm-hmm. Like, no, it's not. I could, I could say those things and have it be uh, totally appropriate. I can give you a context in which every word under the sun can be used appropriately. Okay, that seems like a big, a big. I'm sure people are thinking, really? Have you? Hundred percent. You know the the f the f word for for example. sure. Yeah. And, and and I guess can you kind of sketch out that situation? I mean, or a situation in which you'd evaluate the use of that word. Okay, so if you if you bounce into the life of the prophet Elijah, mm-hmm. if you bounce into the life of the apostle Paul, mm-hmm. if you bounce into these different situations, um where you are in a place where somebody is justified in uh, mutilating and incinerating human beings. Yeah. And then people are saying, but I can't imagine him being allowed to use those sound waves right there. Okay. I mean, it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. You're like. So you're saying it, in the contextualization of he's allowed worship. to take a life and some send someone straight to hell yeah he's he is in this moment the the narrative okay, elijah with the yeah, troops yeah, yeah. coming so, up to yeah him. and yeah. he's, he's right. gonna just you know this this is how this is gonna go um the priests of baal are about to be slaughtered mm-hmm. and he's gonna slaughter these priests or samuel is going to cut agag into pieces and while he does somebody hears him say something that's a bad word, Samuel. Mm-hmm. That was bad. Don't, don't you know those noises are naughty? Mm-hmm. As like as another arm hits the ground. You know, it's like it's, he's dismembering someone in this moment. Now, I'm not saying that he should be cussing. Right. I'm just saying it's really, really funny to me when people get this wildly disproportionate inability to see things in narrative. If you have somebody who's reached a moment where he can cut someone into pieces, could he not cuss him out? Okay. So you're saying the violence of the words yeah. is a, a, in a category. It's, so, it's a, category, it's a, it's a it's, category so much lesser yeah. to what's actually happening there. When Samuel hews Agag to pieces, he is doing God's will. Yeah. This is good. Contrary to the new atheist, contrary to everything else, Samuel's mm-hmm. obeying God. He is subordinating his will to the will of God. He is obeying God. It is a it is a good and holy action. Okay. When he shows up and hews Agag to pieces. Now, in that context, if he walked up and just cussed out Agag and made him feel very small. <laughs> school moms and Sunday school teachers and everybody else would be like, Samuel. You should have gotten straight to the chopping. That was inappropriate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like you made some inappropriate noises with the flesh yeah. in your throat. And yeah. those ripples in the air, those were tacky. And like, oh, he can, he can disembowel him right now, but he can't make these noises. So the, the violence of the language, mm-hmm. like the violence of the language is it's real, like in narrative context and things like that. If we're dropping really strong language, I don't, it's not like I'm just cussing in my books. It's not like I'm just flinging words around. Cause I think that um, is like inflation. Like I want to have right. my spices and I want to have my ghost pepper and my Carolina Reaper over there and i don't want to use them every lunch you don't use them every day yeah. no i mean like this Even is every year <laughs> yeah so so when am i going to drop an f-bomb in one of my books i don't know that i ever will i don't expect to i don't need to mm-hmm. um 
I have yet to encounter a scene where um, it would be in any way helpful or necessary. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. but it's on the shelf. It's not on the shelf as something that is absolutely out of reach. Now, I would I would lean the other direction and say when I tell people that there's no such thing as bad words, I mean the intrinsic goo. Yeah. And it's another way of saying that any word could be bad. Like gotcha. So any, rather, any word rather than saying, hey, I can say whatever I want now. Yeah. As opposed to only those. Like yeah. I, I'm I'm the one saying this, but you will never see a fart joke in one of my books. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like I don't I don't want to entertain with coarseness. You think I don't that's want crude? I don't want people to reach reach down. I want to ele- I want to elevate. So I'm not looking to demean or diminish i want to inspire and elevate and so why would i do that why would i go with coarse for you know vulgarity and yeah. we always talked about coarse jesting in our house there's like no coarse jesting like mm-hmm. god like god can and does all the time yeah <laughs> and there's times for us to just be like mm, that happened yeah <laughs> you know, just like <laughs> Well, I mean, we've done this before, but if the standard is scripture, which it is, yeah. there's a there's a fair amount of course stuff. There's a but there's also I have to be I I am willing to be vulgar. I am willing to imitate the prophets. I'm willing mm-hmm. to imitate the apostle Paul. And they all get vulgar. They mm-hmm. all do. I'm not willing to get vulgar for cheap laughs. Gotcha. Which is not what they're doing. Right. You don't you don't see that. You see them in moments of intense rebuke stripping away the calluses social calluses and making somebody really feel it um you know they really go for it and then we in translation we've talked before about how uh bible translators dodge right um you know they they dodge unicorns they dodge the fantastical because it doesn't you know they they don't want to seem like they believe a fantasy religion yeah and so they don't translate satyrs they don't translate dragons they don't translate unicorns they do the same thing with obscenity. Right. We are just reading. They do not translate Ezekiel. They just yeah. don't. They don't say, how would this best be said in the modern they vernacular? Go, yeah, they go very medical anatomical. And they, they just end totally and euphemistic. Right. They go medical euphemism. They don't, they don't go in any, they try not to communicate. They're working hard to not communicate. So they avoid the dynamic equivalence of yes. these passages in favor Very much. of linguistic specificity. In, in favor of a Lexical. thing. <laughs> in favor of a thing which can be technically said to be true in some ways, but will not communicate. Right. Okay. So when Paul, for example, we were just reading Philippians and we read all these things that count as rubbish, for example. That's another of those examples. Yeah. Where the Greek word scubalon, meaning poop, you know, yeah. and and we know how that works. Yeah, you know, I count this as, you know, rubbish is not. The and he also wasn't saying uh, he was not using a technical term. He yeah. was not saying fecal matter. He was not saying <laughs> bell. He was he was right. going vulgar. He went vulgar, and, and, and it's about the things that all his audience were boasting in. Because, yeah. like you said, he's not doing it as a laugh. Like all that, your is- righteousness is all beep. I mean, yeah. like that's that's what he did. Mm-hmm. And you go to Ezekiel. And he's insulting the genitalia of people and more than that, like getting even like far more like (laughs) graphic. Yeah. And you have translators that just like "Eh, tiptoe. And we we live in a time when you could not read those passages out loud in a church. If you did, if that, it was like, oops, we have this in the scripture reading this week. 
uh, we need to skip. We need to actually kind of let's let's work. <laughs> the guy up front is just red, <laughs> and so, and suddenly you're sweating like Tim Keller when Romans one comes up in the scripture reading in Manhattan. You know, it's it's um, which Uh-oh. you know they did actually uh, skip. So did they really? Yeah, yeah. I had family in um, in his church when that happened, and when they did the the scripture reading in Romans one, they just dodged. They they did the Reader's Digest version. Uh oh. And uh, yeah, oopsie doopsie. And let me just say, he's not alone. Yeah. Pretty much everybody listening is in a church that would do that for some Bible passage. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, so like, I don't, I'm not saying that to like really land on Keller. I'm saying that because that's representative of the way that American Christianity has functioned in relation, in relationship to vulgarity for a very long time. Yeah. I mean, I, it's, it seems to be a pretty, cultural thing like victorian london yeah covering the legs of tables and chairs yeah even pianos can't have legs they're right. too sultry right and so they need to be wearing petticoats right um it but was not taking care of the heart yeah you know? it was farcical and yet at the time at the time when in victorian london they were covering piano legs with mm-hmm. petticoats i can't remember the exact numbers but i actually uh i did read a demographic analysis of the number of prostitutes for every male in London between the ages of 10 and 80. And it was like in order for that I mean, to is be- it more than one <laughs> per every man? Yeah. No, it was <laughs> ludicrous. Like in order for the, the uh, in order for the prostitution burden that was going in Victorian London at that time to continue to operate economically, like the level of visitation of okay. those prostitutes was off the charts so your whole point is that we would say that word is bad and you and you're saying no no look at the situation that's bad. always and it would yeah. absolutely be appropriate just realize to that condemn that do the and, and conservatives do this all the time with guns you know it's like there's no bad gun the mm. evil is not in the gun right the evil yeah. is in the man who picks the gun up right the evil is not in the word the evil is in how that word gets used and in which context and so I am willing to say hell. I'm willing to say damn. I'm willing to say a lot worse than that. The reason why I limit myself in uh, some of the middle grade books to those things um, is because I'm not looking to break the fishing line in terms of bringing everybody with me. I'm not. I don't have an agenda of trying to get everybody to the spiciest ghost, re- you know, ghost pepper and Carolina Reapers. I'm not trying to drag everybody there. Um, and like I said, this is my my position. If there's no such thing as an intrinsically bad word. Um, results in the position that any word can be bad, like okay. any like language can be abused, and we abuse language all the time, and we also veer into inappropriateness by uh, filtering and softening our speech as uh, much as far more frequently in the Christian church than going the other direction. Yeah, I mean, and so I could also, as a side note, uh use no bad words at all and absolutely speak in a filthy way for sure then so i could conjure up horrible imaginations i could provoke terrible imagery i could cause my readers and my listeners to stumble i could just immediately go describe something and they could not unsee it they could not unthink it and it would be evil yeah and i would not you could go through every vocabulary word used and nothing would be inappropriate. Yeah. Because I can use metaphor and I can use all sorts of, I, I can just go. Um, 
and that would be evil. It would be wrong. And it would yeah. not be, it would be inappropriate. It would be vulgar. It would be incorrect. It'd be obscene. I could be totally obscene yeah. without using bad words. And I can be a truth teller and I can be honest and forthright and imitate God and use spicy language. So the key is uh, all the way back to what I've talked about in a previous podcast of who are you, who are they, where do yeah. they need to be? What do they need from you to help them move? And yeah. what does, what do they need from you for you to honor God in this situation? Like, how do you honor your maker? If you are Elijah talking to the priest of Baal, how do you honor God if you're Paul describing false righteousness? How do you honor God if you're Ezekiel unloading on Israel, yeah. making herself a whore to other nations? And man, yeah, wow, he goes, you know, Ezekiel yeah. just goes full send. Mm -hmm. Um, and when we do, when we actually uh, are thinking that way, like, how do I honor God with what I'm doing? How do I honor God with what I'm writing? How do I honor God with, you know, all these things? Uh, if you, t you, you discover quickly that you don't need, you don't need all the super strong language. Okay. So here's the question. In River Thief, by the way, I had a bunch of producers trying to explain to me why uh, it was R, why we got back an R rating. And um, they said, among other things, they said, it's, it's probably because of all the, uh, all the F-bombs. And I was like, there's, there aren't any. I mean, there's no language in this movie. And they were given the impression of a certain amount of realism. They just assumed it. Um, you don't have to, you don't have to go there. You don't have to just you know, just bang the note. Mm -hmm. And they were absolutely shocked. And then I, I gave them the, the script, the, the actual breakdown of, of what was said. And they were profoundly stunned that a movie that was tamer in language than a Hallmark movie successfully had given them this impression. Mm. You know, it's like, it's, it, you don't have to just cheaply grab the, you know, the bad word and throw it in. And when you do, you frequently are just proving that you're trying to imitate the world more yeah. than you're trying to, yeah. uh, you're abusing Christian liberty. So I think this, this like anything is, an, a, it's a Christian liberty issue. Um, does God say I can't have two whiskeys every night um, anywhere in scripture? Clearly, enumerating the ounce limit and the, and yeah, the proof. Absolutely not. He no. gives you a general, be not drunk. And I would, wine. and I would be very, I would, would not hesitate to tell people they were being fools. If they yeah. were, if they were doing that. And the same thing when I have my writer friends who were dumping, you know, dumping language in. Well, yeah. College, the college creatives love to drop an F-bomb in because they feel like it's really real, especially Christian yeah. college creatives. Yeah. No, I need yeah. to, I need to be real. It's like, yeah. you know, you need to be talented. You need to have skill. <laughs> Savage. Um, I like it. I mean, <laughs> next time you read an unnecessary cuss. That's what you need yeah. to be. But then I, I'm the first to say, I will leave that on the shelf. And not tell you that it's got a little taboo thing on it that says it's intrinsically evil and you may never use it. I reserve the right to use that. Mm. I have not yet encountered a time in my writing when I need to. Gotcha. So, um, it, I, I don't know. That's a very long answer, but there's just no intrinsic darkness. It's all about faithfully imitating God and being faithful in the narratival moments it gives you. You're a character here with a character across from you. How do you move them? Uh, I'm a writer 
writing for a million kids. I'm writing for all these kids. How do I give them food that is a little, you know, spiced and will motivate them and push them and show strength of will and strength of scene and moment and all these other things mm, right, right. Um, and spice of character and how how do i make a, a a character a little shocking yeah you know how do i make that character a little like woo i don't mm -mm. he's he's a little across yeah. the line or whatever when i represent a character i don't really have to go much past a damn um mm. to do that you know it's like that's that's pretty easy uh at least in especially in fiction you know, on the page. Do you, yeah. Do you think that, uh, that it, how do you, how do you approach a character using bad words? Like I remember uh, bad words, a coach, a coach in one of your books, you know, uses language that has, yeah. has surprised a mom, like one line. I think he said calls, ass. Yeah. I think he yeah. calls boys uh, um, weak. I can't remember yeah. exactly what it is. Yeah. I'm something, trying to, I'm trying can, to can, Is it candy ass boys? Uh, no, it's <laughs> something like, um, Shoot. It's in Boys of Blur, and it's uh, it oh gosh, I should know what it is. Yeah, <laughs> I should have yeah, come more. This prepared. one is it's like rots the. I think he says lazy ass, but it's um, yeah, it's that it's that kind of a, it's that kind of a thing, where it's like okay, so there's a football coach yelling. Uh -huh. Um, am I gonna go full? You know, hard knocks. Yep, uh, that's what it is. I found it. Fruit rots, wood rots. But lazy ass boys rot the fastest. Yep. Says Coach. Coach Mac. Yep. Um, yeah, it's uh true. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, so that's I mean, I can tell you if I was going with realism, he would be saying a lot more than that. Um I remember football coaches just spittle flecking me. You know, just that sensation of somebody coming down to your face mask and, you know, the, the, just looking apoplectic and like they're going to stroke while the spittle's flying. <laughs> and I know in that case, I actually have a, a weird, uh, trigger. I it would like trigger me into like a yawn. Um, like when people really, really try to get me angry or that kind of, it makes me very sleepy. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a very weird, Thing. Like he couldn't get me fired up. He's trying to get me mad. Like, you know, get out there, play angry. You know that kind of thing. It's like, oh gosh, um, <laughs> I need a nap. <laughs> <sighs> Just and I'm. I mean, I knew I so was. It didn't work. I fell. I once fell asleep in a locker room before a football game by the speaker tower that was playing ACDC. Just fell asleep on the bench. You know, right, right by Thunderstrike, and it's just because. The Nate, like, and I've seen this in my kids too. There's like a genetic reaction to adrenaline. I know it's not unique to us. I've seen, I've talked to a lot of athletes who have this, where as the adrenaline is peaking prior to competition, you, your body just kind of turns to jello <laughs> and <laughs> you get very yawny and you start taking in tons of oxygen and you just fall, like, fall asleep. Mm -hmm. You feel super loose. Yeah. And um, yeah. The, the first time I just did the splits was on a football field. Um, before a game coming out of that kind of looseness. <laughs> and I went to stretch my hamstrings and it was a front front split, so not a Chinese split. And I went to stretch and just dropped all the way to the grass and was just sitting there in the splits, just being like, what? <laughs> like, this is confusing. <laughs> um, you know, it's like, but that's kind of that kind of looseness. But anyway, I'm very familiar with coaches trying to like get you mad and say bad words and right. you know, all this kind of stuff. And so that that is a piece of a lot it's a it's there um the the character's real 
the character's real and I wanted to um like basically put my toe in that water a little bit with that. Mm-hmm. So have him say something true. He's a coach with more wisdom than that. He's got more wisdom. He's not just an out of control personality. But welcome to the band of brothers. Like this is where right. boy the boys are here to get toughened up. They're and, here to get refined. They're here to get roughed up and refined. And, and so turn people into who a little, view as if you put a little dab of black in your book. Yeah, he he took something with some evil on it and dropped it in. I was like, no, what's evil about that? And um, could I say gluteus maximus and it would be fine. Mm -hmm. Like the ref it's, what is it about the referent? What's the, what is the issue? Well, they think they'd say the crudity of it. It's slightly, it's slightly crude. And you'd say, yeah, it is. It's a football scene. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a football coach. And I, I turned it up to as much as I thought uh, a kid of that age should be able to handle and, and feel like they're glimpsing into something. Haven't you had that conversation with parents? Like your kid needs to read this book because of that word. Yeah, I think I think I remember you telling that yeah, story. Yeah, if your yeah, if your kid is too scared and terrified and really panicked to see the word "ass" in print, then you have, um, I mean, you've destroyed them. Like they're because that's a, like a 13, 12, 12 year old. Uh, who's it's horrible. Scared to see. Yeah, and means they're not reading scripture. It means they have no idea what's in the Bible. They have none. And they're going to have no immunity for anything that's in the world. Right. Trying to pretend that that's crude and they haven't, I mean, you only have to read Genesis before you get to stuff that's. Here's where I should, here's why I should confess something. This is, this is a, one of those, da- this is one of those dad calls that I've done. <laughs> um, so with my kids, as they reached a certain age, as they transitioned into a certain age and we were filtering movies, um, and I wouldn't do this just regardless of age, but as they aged up, um, there were vulgarities that I would leave in. Like I would start, I would start leaving language in the show. And as I'm filtering, and my my rule of thumb was basically as they were hitting their teen years, as a kid was in their teen years, I started leaving uh, sort of an S word in every ten minutes of runtime. And that was that was just kind of my rule of thumb. Interesting. And it's like because instead of like taking all of it out always and having kids reach adulthood thinking that everything is this sparkling, I need them to grow in their own maturity such that they can hear this and not uh, be wildly affected by it, such that they run off and imitate it or they find it really glamorous. So I need them, I need to start having that conversations with them where I'm saying, so, you know, why don't we talk like that? Yeah. Like what's that? Like, okay. So that guy, he said those things like what, like how we, how we process, like you, you heard that you're not gonna, you're not gonna say that, uh, you know, when they're 13 or whatever, and then we, you know, kind of dial it up. Now there's a level I don't go past. I'm not just, I'm not just opening the gates, but there's also a level where I'm saying like, I'm not filtering things for my son and who's off at college, obviously. Right. You know, it's like, I I want- Well, I mean, your first summer job. Right. I mean, you know, everyone should know what you're going to hear on your first summer job. He's on a college lacrosse team. Right. (laughs) This is- Yeah. You know, and he's on he's on the evangelism team- you know, with this Christian ministry there at his school and he's playing college lacrosse, like this is, 
he's doing the thing that you have to be able to do in the world that all of us know. We all exist in the world. And there's a, it's a huge mistake to, um, I'm not, and as a side note, I'm try, not trying to acclimate them all the way up to full filth, right? Um, I'm trying to let a few things through in such a way that it's, that it can be discussed and processed and is not doing horrible violence. Well, I mean, violence. lower elementary kids have had classmates, my kids have had classmates, I think, use God's name in vain. Yeah. And that's been great for my kids to have to talk about. Yeah. Talk to their teacher yep. about. Work talk through to it. Talk to the kid about it. Yeah. And then repent and move on. Yep. And, and then deal with it. What so, happens when someone says, my God, and does not pray? You so, know? <laughs> if, I have, if I have a teenager who uh, reaches whatever level and is totally shocked, like completely shocked, you know, by um, uh, an obscenity yeah. and just so rocked by it. That's me weakening them. Um, I'm not trying to build their tolerance up so they're just comfortable around it. Like, I think know, that's, that's a key distinction. Right I'm there. not trying to do that. What I'm trying to do is have them encounter it in a way that we then process and uh, in a very diluted way. This is why I was like, okay, so I'm not, if there's a movie with a ton of language and we just don't watch it, you know, it's like, it's just, Right. You know, I've tried, I've turned it all off and tried and it's everything silent. You know, it's like, it's just pointless. Um, but if we're looking at, you know, something that's 40 minutes long and, you know, it's like, okay, I don't, I don't mind leaving some stuff in hmm. um, so that there's like, there's a certain amount of resistance that they've, yeah. they've have to build up and resistance, especially to characters that are being presented as cool to a story that's being presented as cool, not just resistance to bad guys. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think we all get this analogy with, you know, when you compare farmers and the facts of life with the average, you know, city yep. kid who's never been around an animal before. Right. The, we get that distinction. It's yeah. like, you know, you're hiding your kid from something that's normal so that when they encounter it, you know, if you don't let them encounter it in some way. No, if you have a, be, if you have a pet. Right. They're gonna if you, <laughs> we have three dogs, you know, and our kids are picking them after three dogs when we lived in town. And yeah. You know, it's like there's a certain amount of just poo humor that God does, you know, where the, there's poo tragedy and there's poo humor and there's like, oh, no. And it's like, and there's a sympathetic like, oh, but then we don't then inflate it and just obsess about it. And yeah, it's, you know, it's the like, joke that it, gets everybody laughing. Yeah, it's like it happened and we're like, oh, gosh, you know, and every, everybody, we're not pretending like the world doesn't exist. We're not pretending like God doesn't do it this way. Mm -hmm. Um you know, we're not tiptoeing around it, but we're also not reveling. We're not reveling in it. So yeah. my true dad confession is that as, as my kids age, I, I start leaving thing. I let things through the filter that they have to have their own guard up their own filter and not just say, I can just receive this completely. Cause my dad has filtered it. Mm. Yeah. I can just, yeah. You know, dad may be trying to test me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, and the thing is like my girls, my older girls, 18 and 19, they're watching a show and I was fine with them watching the show. And then they stop and they're just like, ah, gosh, we're just gonna watch this on video angel. This is super annoying. Mm -hmm. Um, and they go in and turn all the language off that they just don't want to hear. And they watch the show. That's yeah. awesome. That's what I want. I want yep. them, um, taking the, the steering wheel that way. So, Anyway, all that to say is that when people talk about bad words or why'd you say the bad word? Yeah. It's like, um, first, don't think that I just, you know, dipped it in tar, that it actually has some intrinsic tar associated with it. It does not. Um, I could have written a line um, 
fruit rots, wood rots, the lazy ass boys rot the fastest. I could have written that uh, line and not talked about that at all and used only non-vulgar terms and actually done something much worse. It's not hard for a talented writer to take imaginations into, you know, in, into dangerous places. So, um, yeah, words, yeah. words do not have intrinsic evil. They have strength. They have, um, social reaction that's baked into them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like in different societies. So it um, is possible totally to sear yourself as you listen to music though. I I've met, you know, totally. It, it, you just listen to no, so in much super, music. In super unhelpful ways, yeah. Yeah, and then, but that's not what you're talking about. You're mm -hmm. saying, it's not a searing thing. It's like, a pre, what is the word saying? I mean, you, you only get to a point as a, high, as a college kid, you're like, yeah, I can listen to rap. And then you're like, wait, no, I can't. I don't want to hear this. This shouldn't yeah. be the soundtrack of my brain. Yeah, then you're like, oh, okay, you great. Know, I, I should spend more time, I'll at least spend more time in the word than I do, <laughs> than I do in the songs. And all of a sudden you find... The yep. songs don't just quite slide down so easily. Yeah, it's <laughs> they're a little tricksy. Um, yeah, so it's it is uh, it's key to see that words basically receive their potency and their naughtiness. I'm, I'm not a relativist, but they receive their potency and their naughtiness from the culture in which they exist. Yeah, um, and you want to um, you want to be clean and pure and not of the world but you also want to be a prophet you want to be able to honor god in any situation there's no noises that are just off limits so why do we have bad word evil. lists it's unavoidable i guess yeah in any society you're gonna have words that are meant to shock or are more low class or vulgar you know th things like that um and you know that if the prophet ezekiel had walked into a victorian drawing room uh, and let everybody know uh, he would not have done it politely and it would have been uh, it would have been about legs it would I have mean, been it would like, have been look yeah. at the legs on these tables yeah look what's happening out in your in your cheap streets yeah and look at all your all your syphilis that yeah. all of you have <laughs> right um you know it's uh it would have been very very scathing and he would have used the the most scathing words available to him in that society, which would not have been the same as the ones that are available to us. Yeah. Now, um, I, th I think that ours are becoming so dead, our spiced flavors at the loss of our own culture. One of the things you lose when a culture decays is you lose the potency of the bad words. You, they lose their, they're like salt losing its savor. Like they are just via uh, obscenity inflation. They're everywhere and this is incidentally where words like suck and you know you know screwed up yeah are meaningless now and in you know a housewife can say them in the church and doesn't mean anything right suck used to be even when i was growing up a word that you didn't say yeah and yep and, and go back to our grandfathers and it was bad. real bad real bad yep. um and same thing with screwed up yeah you say man i screwed this up it was not they would they would not separate that uh from the use of the f word like that would just be yeah um you know almost equivalent yeah and now culture's moved and the intrinsic naughtiness of the word because it doesn't have any intrinsic naughtiness that uh, was for to make sure everyone was yes. listening to make sure everyone was uh, paying attention <laughs> <laughs> the intrinsic naughtiness of the word uh yeah if it had that intrinsicness it would have moved 
it would have just gone and it would yeah. still be potent and bad and awful. And instead it's been all watered down and, and become nothing. So that's the same things happening. And I have to say the weird part is because of the nature of our cultural decay without a massive amount of revival, you can expect to hear your grandkids yelling the F bomb and it means nothing. There's, there's now, a spot to end. <laughs> yeah. And it's, I hope not. Yeah. I, I mean, you're totally that right. Would, like, I hope that's not the case, but it's not to say because your grandkids will be awful. It's to say that, you know, we've the inflation, the inflation of the, you know, of, of the use of obscenity. And it doesn't mean there won't be anything left. There will be other horrible things yeah. that people have come up with to say um, that'll be on the shelf. So that's a very long thing. We kind of just didn't even get to part two of proof. We can do that later, but it's uh, yeah. what are bad words is a, is a big topic. And so it ultimately comes down to context and are you yeah. successfully imitating God and honoring him and pleasing him with your speech? Yeah. It's a connotation, denotation, yeah. distinction, not good list, bad list. Yep. Are you pleasing God with your speech? And that means you can, you know, be really patronizingly uh, using sweetie nice words towards somebody and displeasing God. And you can be dropping a bomb on someone <laughs> and be pleasing God. So wisdom is the difference, but know that if you're a young man uh, and you think you're <laughs> pleasing God with all the most potent words, all the, you know, maximum number of times, um, just bear in mind that you're a moron. So you're, you're probably wrong. You're part of the problem. <laughs> you're part of the problem and you're probably wrong 99.9% .9 of the time. <laughs> All righty. There we go. That's <clears throat> been SASF91. Naughty words. <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Not as good as a wink to a blind bat. Say no more. Hi, it's Brian Cole here. Wanting to let you know how you can support the Stories Our Soul Food podcast. You can do that by checking out Canon Plus. Head over to mycanonplus.com. Thanks for taking the time to listen to the SASF podcast. We'll hopefully be seeing you at mycanonplus.com. Make you a 